Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of being joined by Millie who is a fellow online coach but she's also one of my clients, long-term clients now. How long have we been working together? Well I've just literally taken my check-in photos this morning so when I upload them to the folder I'm pretty sure it's week 57 that we're on so over a year. A solid 57 weeks so um yeah she's a star of a client but she also runs her own business and she's very successful with that so Millie for those who don't know who you are I think most people will who are listening to this but could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do yes so I am now an online coach online physique coach um I suppose is is my title now um but I've only been kind of going full-time online coaching since May of this year so quite scarily that's only four months ago um, to think that I was only doing that as my very kind of full-time job. Um, Previous to that I was working in the nuclear industry um, doing a lot of stuff like kind of protecting the world from nuclear waste and weapons and stuff like that and I transitioned to full-time online coaching in May after having been doing it on the side for a little while. So now I coach um, predominantly females in their kind of like 20s to 30s um, who are either kind of pursuing fat loss, so general population lifestyle clients, or more intermediate looking to, to grow muscle, perhaps um, photo shoots. Those are, that's my kind of client niche. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love it. I've been through a big kind of transformation journey myself um, and, and recently stepped on stage for the first time. So it's been a hell of a kind of um, journey the last couple of years in both like my career and my own kind of personal fitness bodybuilding journey. And you now have your own podcast as well, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I launched on the final peak week, which Danny probably would have been like, why did you do that? That sounds quite stressful. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the Mindset Mill podcast. Um, I am on YouTube. I've logged a lot of my prep on YouTube and then also um, just set up the Mindset Mill podcast, which Danny has recently featured on. So please do go and listen to that episode. Um, But yeah, that's more of like a podcast where I kind of delve more into mindset, education nice to have a place where I could do a bit more long-form content and also interview incredible guests so yeah that's um uh, a new kind of project and baby of mine at the moment cool so for those who don't know when you first started coaching online and you were doing sort of your day job as well what did your schedule look like when you were trying to balance those two things yeah so at first it was it was a very kind of slow burner. I started probably online coaching, taking on a few clients, literally like a month or two when we went into the first lockdown because I just found myself um, at the time not having my work life be very demanding because everyone was trying to figure out how we work from home. So it was a little bit more relaxed um, because I was a grad. I was new into that role, so they didn't really know what to do with me. So I thought, do you know what? I really love like my own coaching process with the physique coach that I was with at the time so I took on a few friends um and that was fine because you know up to 10 kind of clients on the weekends it was check-ins and kind of messaging them throughout the week that was no problem at all um and then fast forward like the coaching business grew over the next few months and then after I decided to take it full-time it got to the stage where I had about 45 clients 
Um, this was a year into lockdown. So I had 45 clients. I was still working from home, my nine to five, but everyone had figured out how to work from home. So my workload was normal by then. Um, and yeah, that, that was crazy because it was literally splitting my check-ins um, on Saturday and Sunday to like 20 plus check-ins per day, um, as well as trying to do the programming in the evenings and replying to clients, form feedback, everything that's part of the whole coaching process alongside doing my nine to five. So in terms of my schedule, it was just every second of the day I was doing something, trying to get in at least, you know, six to seven hours sleep and somehow fit in training amongst all of that. I don't, I genuinely looking back, not quite sure how I did it. Yeah. So you weren't sat on a beach with your laptop and, um, living life to the full so to speak <laughs> not not yet still waiting for that to happen hopefully soon <laughs> I think it's really good for people to hear that because it's often like quite glamorized online coaching especially people who are maybe doing it like on the side of a full-time job I can imagine how crazy that is and I think people often get the impression that it's quite an easy thing to do and it's not very time consuming and it is something that you can easily do on the side, but you can obviously build it up on the side of um, a full-time job, but it's not easy. And like you said, you were working every single day. You were working most hours that you were actually awake. It's not a case of, oh, you know, it's just something you can sort of casually do on the side with very little effort and grow this huge business yeah yeah absolutely so once I decided that I wanted to pursue it and take it full time naturally I wanted to make the transition both financially like uh, as seamless as possible because that's a that's a big decision to make um so that's why I was working so hard to to, to know that I had a little bit of like contingency room there or if I did decide to, you know, take it full time. So I was probably working um, way more than someone who might just want to do a little bit of online coaching as, you know, like a, a thing on the side. Um, but also, like, let's not forget about the, the quality of service. If you want to write your programs and your meal plans over WhatsApp and send it as a WhatsApp message, then fine, that's your level of service. But my level of service goes way beyond that. Um, and I, I really, truly care about my clients. So it's not just like, okay good job see you next week it is a full comprehensive loom video check-in it is if i need to like weekly touch points checking in with clients and remembering all of that knowing these people inside out so depending on how much you care also depends on how much you work but let me tell you now if you don't work like if you don't care a lot you're not going to actually be able to push that kind of business to, to maybe where you'd want to because at the end of the day you have to be in it because you love it because it's not easy as we've just discussed exactly and when you first started coaching people online when it was on the side of your full-time job did you ever think that you'd get to be where you are now doing it full-time or did you think you'd get to this position as quickly as what you did oh my goodness no way did I think it would be as quick like no no way but I only dreamed that it would be that quick um I thought maybe in a couple of years from when I'd started, I might be able to get to where I am now. But I made some really important decisions, which were big risks along the way. Um, not to mention paired with constant work, but actually that is how I've, I've got here. And to be honest, when I, when I decided, you know, you, you have to make this work, 
because like this is your only chance I kind of saw by the time that we'd gone into the second lockdown and it was like okay this coronavirus thing is hanging along for hanging around for a while we're still not going to be out of it and I realized I wasn't going to be expected to spend a huge amount of time in the office I thought if I can do like a sprint right now work really hard to scale this business pretty quick then maybe by the time that things are, you know, going back to normal and they expect me to go back into the office, I might just be able to be like, yeah, I'm not coming back. And I made it happen. But yeah, it was it was hard. Yeah. And what are what if someone was sort of starting out online coaching on the side of a nine to five job? What would your top five tips for those people be in terms of managing the two alongside each other? Yeah, so you have to really have your systems and structures in place. Like number one is routine. Routine is key. Not only is it key for you, but it's key for those clients. You need to, when you have your own business, make it work for you, not work against you, particularly if you've got other responsibilities such as another job or, you know, even other people to look after. So the first thing is is routine um, and making sure that you're sticking to that and adapting it where optimal Secondly, I'd probably say like uh, setting boundaries when it comes to, you know, your clients and your work life to what extent you can and your personal life. You do really need to um, give equal attention to those things or the appropriate amount, because if you don't, you're just going to burn out. And trust me, I've been close, if not there, quite a few times along the way. And then you're just not good to anyone. Um, So routine, setting boundaries. I think it's it's a difficult thing to say as a tip but you have to really have a passion for it because if you don't have a passion for it and you don't love it like be honest with yourself like do do you actually want to pursue this because if you're not really that in it and you just think that you're going to make money it's it's not the case so make sure that your passion is there and, and do things that light up your passion along the way definitely making sure that you are um continuing to like pursue further education along the way now I know that sounds like an extra more difficult thing to do like how the hell am I going to educate myself but it's important um number four would probably be to learn from others who have done it themselves ask around I asked so many people who had either quit their jobs to go full-time like online coaching other kind of people who have the business knowledge that could help me scale things up a little bit more so invest into others ask for the help of others um number five i would say remember that coaching is not the only thing that you need to be focusing on because that is you know the core of your business but that is working in the business you also need to work on your business if you're wanting to grow it so what time are you dedicating to you know marketing social media what time you dedicate into figuring out what the hell is going on with your finances that all counts like when you are running a a coaching business it's not just about replying to your clients and doing the you know the groundwork every single day it's looking at the bigger picture I made the mistake of coaching people under the radar for ages before I even said, Hey, I'm actually coaching people. And I was like, Hmm, my business isn't growing. Like, I wonder why, because I wasn't actually telling anyone I was just coaching people So you've got to remember that there are all of those things. So if I can kind of remember what I just said there, it's like routine, setting boundaries, educating yourself, investing and learning from others. 
um, and whatever the hell the last one was that I just said don't just be in the business work on all kind of facets of it and on that note as well Millie do you have sort of certain days for certain different tasks or dedicated to certain aspects of yeah so yeah so for me I have the the way that I've said it is um Monday Tuesday Wednesday are my check-in days so they are the days where I kind of like do the big sprint at the start of the week to make sure that I'm giving my clients everything that they need we're having those contact points then on Thursdays and Fridays I will do more kind of things such as podcast recordings um for my own podcast guest podcast episodes i'll do training video feedback um i will do um youtube content on those days and then the weekends i try and leave free i say free either for if i have something going on when it comes to my personal life i will you know attend that but otherwise on the weekends i like to have quiet focus time for education for working on admin stuff and for creativity to be honest I'm always improving my service every single week it seems to be something along the process that I'm adjusting because I've had a brain spark from you know thinking about how I can make things more efficient or you know each week I learn from other coaches like I have webinars and seminars that I attend every week so when I get an idea from them I'm like oh I can implement that into my business and so the weekend is that creative time to, to make sure that I'm improving things along the way so yeah I definitely think making sure that you're um sticking to a, a pattern that works for you but not just continuously working 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 and being available but actually making sure that you're dedicating set time to the different facets as i said of the business that you need to be focusing on um and also it's quite nice because the way that i work it so monday to wednesday with all of my check-ins it's a pretty kind of like quick fire start to the week but by thursday friday i can do things like this podcast and i can start to kind of focus a little bit more on other areas and it doesn't feel so go 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 all of the time and that's only because i've i've sculpted my business to be that way it wasn't that way at first at first it was a whole lot more messy and then i sat down and i was like what isn't serving me here like i, I don't actually know what I'm doing because there was no structure so I had to say right sorry guys things are changing check-in days are these days now but if you provide that quality of service to your clients they're just going to be like okay Millie however we can help so like your your clients also want to help you as well when you you know really look after them which is a fantastic part of you know being able to kind of do online coaching to the the level and standard that I think we both do yeah. And you mentioned creativity there, which is something obviously that is so important when you have your own business. Um, and I don't know about you, but I personally find that I'm the most creative when I actually give myself like brain space. So I'll have my best ideas like when I'm in the bath or on a walk or something like that, as opposed to when I'm back to back with check-ins, those ideas will not arise. <laughs> so I think that that time where you're not doing you're not thinking constantly, you're not responding to people constantly is so important if you want to actually grow your business. Oh my goodness, yeah. Like my clients have no idea that some of the biggest changes that I've made to make things more like efficient and, and useful for all of us have been like while I've been in the shower or 
as like we were kind of like saying before recording how blocking time to, to do kind of back responses to clients is important because if I'm constantly available to respond to messages my brain never gets a break and let's not forget that it's not just the clients that I've got it's social media it's friends and family it's loved ones it's my other kind of um you know groups that i'm part of such as uh business mentoring groups and things like that like my phone constantly has like 100 unread messages on it (laughs) and the emails so if if i'm constantly fiddling around on that silly little square i'm never rectangle whatever the shape is i'm never ever going to be able to actually have a moment of space to think about how can I you're 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 building this business to technically live a a fulfilled life right so if you never stop working in it how are you going to live a fulfilled life and even if that leads to ideas which are going to develop your business in the long term as I said it should be serving you more so yeah definitely and do you use any like do you use an online diary or a written diary when it comes to scheduling your week Millie yeah so everything goes into like my google calendar um down to training cardio meetings um you know client check-ins and things like that i time block everything out um but then when it comes to like i have my weekly overview as such as to what i'm doing each day or where i am but then every single morning or if not the night before i (laughs) Some people might think this is OTT. This is how I've got to where I am now. But I write out every single hour of the day what I'm doing. So I write down the hours of the day in a notebook. And then I write down, this is when I'm going to eat meal number one. This is when I'm going to get my steps in and respond to client messages. This is when I'm going to do this. And you can see where you can, you know, stack tasks such as you know responding to people or doing a quick phone call to someone and going out for your steps making sure that I can train and be undisturbed during that time because I would have responded to everyone you have to take that responsibility maybe you don't need to be as meticulous and I could be considered a bit of a control freak but by controlling as many variables as possible is how I've got to to where I am so yeah I do the kind of like weekly overview then break it down into literal hours of the day not to say that within those hours I don't include I don't know what this hour is going to be but I'm sure I'm going to overflow into working into that hour as well sometimes I do that just give myself that breathing space um and also sometimes I need to write down go and wash your hair because we forget about those things as well when we get swept up and being busy yeah I'm the same I do literally plan my day out by um the hour I've got like a written diary which is split into the half hours so that's really I I love that I've had actually the same diary for years it's a passion planner so if anyone wants one of those it's great like it's my lifesaver um and we've touched on a few things that you might include in here Millie like being organized for example but what are the standout factors you think have really enabled you to progress as a coach and also with your own business growth you have to be obsessed about the process and if you're not then you're just not going to put in the effort that's required if you don't love it you're not going to do it so there is that passion but the other thing which especially in my service and running things and scaling things to get to where they are now really importantly has been investment for me i've invested a lot into my business whether that comes to education 
um, in terms of learning how to be a better coach, just general knowledge, um, or whether it's from business mentors. So I have two business mentors. I've got one who helps me more so in terms of scaling my business and being a better coach. I've got another business mentor who helps me in the social media aspect of things like YouTube and the podcast. And then I also delegate to um, a virtual assistant where I can tasks that maybe I don't need to do, such as responding to some random email sometimes. Like if I can save a little bit of time there, then I'll just say, hey, do you mind just doing this for me? Um, and I, when I come to think of it, I invest thousands every month back into my business just to be able to run more efficiently and to develop my knowledge. And had I not you know, invested in this money who invested this money into learning from other people and the mistakes that they've made or just when you invest into someone else, you also kind of like invest into their knowledge as well. So someone else's education then kind of just come becomes mine because they're teaching me directly. Hey, I've done that. No, that's not going to work. You should do this. And it's amazing how much that will fast track you. Like the best thing that I've done is ask and listen throughout my whole business. Just continuously asking other people for, for the help and recommendations and if you don't have an open mind you're just going to make the process so much more difficult and slow than it needs to be yeah I completely agree with that I think learning from other like mentors people in general has been for me as well like one of the the biggest things the, the best things that I've ever done like I've had you know co- great coaches I have been on different courses, been to like taught weekends, things like that. And I think when people don't consider learning from others, some people I think almost put themselves in a bit of a pedestal and they're like, I don't need to learn from other people or, um, you know, I can do this all on my own. And that is just going to stall that it's going to hold them back because there's always something that you could learn from other people even if for example right imagine you invested in a shit coach and they were absolutely crap at their job that would teach you how not to be as a coach so you're still going to learn something from that situation and I think like it's just there's always something you can learn from from every investment no matter if it's actually a bit of a shit investment or a really good one Yeah, I totally agree. That's actually such a good point that when it comes to figuring out what you don't want to do and what doesn't work for you, that is really, really important. You've got to, I think, also be really aligned with with your niche. You need to know who you are trying to attract into your business. So for me, like, say, for instance, I have a few males on my team and they're awesome. They put in so much effort. They made so much progress. They're incredible. However, but for whatever reason, just maybe due to the content that I put out, a lot of, of a lot of um, females can relate to me. I've been on a big journey myself, especially like my first time competing, etc. Ninety-five percent of the inquiries that I get are from women, and so I will work to deliver for them. And also, I love working with women. But if I'm trying to say to you know every young man woman and then the older generation and then some you know giant bodybuilders that I can help them all it's actually just not going to serve any purpose when it comes to me being aligned with my business because I need to know what I'm good at you need to identify that and I know what I'm good at and I know who I'm good at helping and so I kind of have to stick to that and develop my knowledge there say for instance 
a lot of I found a lot of the the girls that were coming to me were were really struggling with body image and and mindful eating and kind of disordered eating before. So now I've enrolled into a course to you know learn more about the compassionate side of coaching when it comes to disordered eating because that's going to serve my clients and my niche more. And I also enjoy coaching you know those kind of people, but maybe if, if you're not sure that you're aligned with your values and your goals that's what you kind of need to figure out like do you actually know your values and the values of your business and what you're what you're trying to do when it comes to serving others that's also a really important thing yeah I completely agree and do you use any specific software or systems that you think have really enabled you to run your business smoothly yes so when it comes to Um, when it comes to like the coaching process, I do everything through the Trainerize app, um, which I just find is really, really helpful, particularly for um, general population clients, because a lot of it has inbuilt video demos. You know, as soon as you click on the exercise, you can see that video demonstration. It's very interactive. Perhaps if you're coaching more, you know, advanced intermediate clients they might not need to kind of check every single exercise and something like google sheets and tracking significantly more data might be more appropriate especially for competitors so i kind of did initially start on google sheets and i just found my clients really don't care about you know measuring the number of hours of sleep that they get every night i need to make sure that this is sustainable for people you know i coach really busy general population people so i need to make it something that's really convenient for them to use and so that's why i switched over to to the app which is great and then alongside that when it comes to the check-in process um using uh, i use typeform which is a uh, just different ways that you can fill in obviously a check-in form but even the way that i've crafted that you know it, it depends on how my client's week has gone it's almost like a traffic light system so it's responsive to how many to how their week has gone so if they've had a terrible week i'm going to delve a little bit deeper and ask more questions off the back of what they kind of put into that form and so it's kind of been like trying to figure out these processes and i've become a little bit of like a tech wizard along the way trying to do it but this is what i mean like you end up going down all of these rabbit holes just because you're trying to serve your clients a little bit better so yeah i i think as, as well as obviously loom i use loom because it, it's nice and personal to, for my clients to see my face if they like it or not they have to see it whilst i'm taking them through their check-in and kind of um i, I really like to be as personal as possible and to, to give them that kind of value there um i think like the days of email check-ins are very much so like gone because you can't tell someone's tone from that you can't kind of build a relationship with that um so those things are all really important to me when it comes to just making sure that everything is slick and um the user interface is, is really helpful even just like a facebook group is awesome because you can hop in there you can do your facebook lives um they can ask you any questions you can build a community my clients this week every single day are like posting all of the meals that they're cooking and it's just like oh my goodness like it's like fake away heaven so it's awesome to build the community as well but that you, you've got to want that and you've got to facilitate that and encourage that as well I think yeah definitely I completely agree and to give people a more realistic view of what I know we've sort of briefly touched on your schedule but to give people a realistic view of life as an online coach what does your sort of daily routine look like now? What time do you wake up in the morning? Uh, what are your working hours like? When do you switch off? 
Yeah, so I'm most certainly like an, uh, a morning lark, as they call it, like an early bird. I, I definitely am most productive and like cognitively there in the morning. Um, so especially on the check-in days that I have, I, I will get up, kind of have a coffee and pretty much crack on with work quite quickly because I like to just have the chunk of it over and done with um, as, as soon as possible. On my other days, I'll go through a bit more of a lengthy morning routine, you know, do a little bit of stretching, meditation, reading, walk, whatever, you know, like I, I am one of those hippy dippy people who love the good morning routine. Um, so I, I always get up around like 5am um, and then I tend to um, go and train kind of like early afternoon-ish so I'll try and get a bulk of work done in the morning. Um, then I need a break because I always have an afternoon slump. So I'll try and train then, especially before the evening rush of people um, going to work at the gym. And then I'll come back and depending on what day it is, I might have more client work to do, such as messages, programming. Um, and I might get on with more kind of like meetings, consult calls, things like that. There are non-negotiables, which I have during the week. I have probably about five kind of business related meetings um, throughout the week. Then of course I have certain like live um, webinars and things like that. So those are fixed, I can't really work around those. Um, but I try and make sure that I'm winding down, if not no longer checking my phone for client messages by like six or 7 p.m. Which when you actually think about it, if I'm up at like 6 a.m. already starting to do client work and look at check-ins and stuff, and then I kind of decide to stop replying to clients at about six or seven. That's that's like 12 hours of the day, aside from when I'm training, that I'm pretty much like available. Um, and I think people don't appreciate the fact that you are, um, yeah, you're not working a nine to five. You are technically you're having to be a whole lot more flexible just due to the nature of the work. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's really sort of beneficial for people to hear. And it's good to hear you talking about the fact you acknowledge when you are your most productive and you work around that rather than just sort of working sporadically throughout the day because I think a lot of people when they get to running their own business they'll just sort of like they'll wake up and they'll start working with no real thought about actually when are you most suited to certain tasks when are you most productive with your training when do you need a little bit of a break so you're going to go on a walk or go and train because if you play to your strengths and weaknesses, you'll get so much more done and you'll be so much more productive as opposed to just like randomly working at certain times just because you think that's when it fits your day best. But if you actually think about it, right, when, when am I my most productive? When am I going to do the best checking responses? When am I my most creative so I can work on social media? That will benefit you so much. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Like for me, in terms of just being most like efficient and being able, I don't know, just having most mental clarity, it's always in the mornings. So that's when it is like check-ins, um, writing social media content, posting social media content. Then by the evenings, you know, my, my head, I'm not going to lie, after a whole day of work, I'm fried. I know some people absolutely love to kind of like work late into the night, but I want to be in bed and asleep by 10 p.m. Like, and I want from seven o'clock, seven, eight o'clock to have two hours where I just don't answer to anyone. I need that time to decompress. Um, and it's not, it's not, it, 
some people might think that like they, they need to constantly reply, they need to constantly be present. But if you never give yourself that time to decompress, you won't wake up the next day and, and be fresh or you're not going to actually have the clarity to be able to be productive. Like if I'm not replying for a couple of hours, there's a reason for that. And that's because when I do reply, you're going to get a better response. Yeah, exactly. And for anyone who is looking to start up as an online coach, what do you wish you knew when you first started online coaching that you know now? I definitely think um, starting off, I, I had this overbearing imposter syndrome that stops me from doing a lot of what would have helped me get to where I am sooner. When you start out and you've got like three clients and they're all just starting on their journey and you haven't got any kind of like social proof when it comes to showing their progress, it feels a little bit like, well, I'm trying to say that I'm a coach, but I've got nothing to show for it. And and to be honest, unfortunately, you do need to suck it up for that time period and coach people as many people as you can probably for not a lot of money is unfortunately how it works but try and really just be a good coach for a while and be a good coach to figure out whether you like being a good coach you know to to see whether that is something for you before you start shouting about it not gonna lie every other fitness influencer is suddenly an online coach after doing a online pt course but do they actually have any experience in what they're doing like i before i announced that i was a coach i had been coaching for about eight months um so that's one thing you need to earn your stripes and that sounds a little bit harsh to say but you do need to embrace the suck because you know the, the suck is never really going to go away it's going to scale with the business and you need to um to get used to that um so, so definitely just get your head down see if you enjoy it work hard help change the lives of people and then when you're confident in your abilities and your education then start talking about it but make sure when you do talk about it that you're being consistent make sure you're consistently showing up and saying to social media and the world hey this is what i've done with this person this is what i've done with this person this is what i know because if you don't consistently show up you know, no one's going to be interested. That consistently showing up, it, it is almost like going to work. If you're not, you know, advertising as well as showing your education and what results you can get, no one's going to know about it. So for me, that was one thing where I needed to kind of like, someone told me like, you know what, you've, you've got the right foundations, but you're actually just not talking about it. And that for me was really important. And it felt weird saying on social media, hey, I'm coaching people now. If you, if you want some help, let me know. But you'll be surprised at how many people resonate with you and your journey. That The main thing that you need to do is be personable um, and be relatable. People want to work with someone who they can trust and they can build a good relationship with. And if you're not showing you and you're just saying, you know, like how many grams of creatine you should take a day. Well, I can Google that. I don't, I don't care. I want to know who I'm working with. So you need to show your own journey as well. And if you haven't, you know, started out on your own journey, then do so. Because if you're not working to improve yourself, why would you expect others to trust that you can improve their lives as well? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, I, I, I'm not one of these people that thinks that PTs have to be ripped or like a certain body type. But I think it's important that to an extent they practice what they preach and they at least 
you know, prioritize themselves and their health. And I think it helps if you show that side of yourself and you show that you practice what you preach because then other people can relate to you and, you know, share what you struggle with as well. So people can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. If I hadn't, I think one of the biggest things that I've found has resonated with my clients a lot of them have come to me after suffering with digestive issues, such as IBS, IBD, because that's something that has been a big part of my life. Same with um, disordered eating. Now there's a fine line there when I'm kind of exploring to what extent they've struggled with perhaps, you know, overeating, emotional eating versus an actual binge eating disorder. But a lot of the clients, you know, as I said before, have come to me for that, which is why I'm getting a bit more education in that now. So it is really important to realize that what you the lessons you've learned are going to be the lessons that you're teaching others the same with you know I've got so many girls coming to me like I've finally decided I want to work really hard and grow muscle and I'm like yes because getting strong was one of the favorite the best parts of my whole journey so so you've got to appreciate that people want to connect with you and that is actually how you're going to appeal to others massively yeah, definitely. This has been an incredible episode, Millie. And um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to benefit from all of the information that you've shared in here. So where can people find you if they're interested on social media, website? What's your email address? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Coached by Millie. Um, then, of course, on YouTube, just Millie Tvetkovic, um, the Mindset Mill podcast. Um, and then email is just coachedbymillie at gmail.com should you want to get in touch. Um, but yeah, if anyone has any questions or anything that they ever want any help with, just drop me a message. I get back to all my DMs. Um, so yeah, just, just shoot one over. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you do enjoy the content on the Female Fitness Podcast, please do like, subscribe and leave a comment on YouTube. I really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next one.